0: Okay, wow, thank you guys for coming that 's awesome <laughs> um, okay so let's i'm going to open up with I picked this because this just felt right again i sometimes I get stuck in in john Do- o'Donohue 's books because i just i love his poetry, his writing, and this one is entitled For celebration, now is the time to free the heart. Let all intentions and worries stop. Free the joy inside the self and awaken to the wonder of your life. Open your eyes and see the friends whose hearts recognize your face as kin, those whose kindness, watchful and near, encourages you to live everything here. See the gifts the years have given things your effort could never earn. The health to enjoy who you want to be and the mind to mirror mystery. And it just somehow seemed to fit for tonight. Tonight is the art of accepting how you feel and it's sort of a continuation of where we were last week Um, because last week was learning how to sit with that feeling and if you don't mind feeling what you're feeling, what happens to it? and I got lots of interesting emails <laughs> a few very interesting phone messages about it and I just thought, you know, maybe we're supposed to sit with this since we're not skipping a week like we usually do and we'll sit with it again and, and just keep letting it kind of unfold and see where it takes us. So with um, the meditation Again, you can go ahead and use it as just a silent meditation where you will go to a place of no thought. Or, if you choose, focus on a feeling or something that you've been kind of wrestling with and pull it up, feel it, experience it, and be with it in acceptance. You know, if it's anger, if it's fear, anxiety, um, disappointment, resentment whatever it might be you know don't have a judgment on it just invite it on in sit with it accept it if I don't mind feeling this in this moment what might happen to it and so you could focus focus on that in your in your meditation and I think everybody that's here I've talked about meditation and you've done some meditations with me and stuff. So um, anybody have any question about going into that or how, you know, some ideas or concerns with it or anything that I might be able to share that would help? Or is that just not needed tonight? Let's do it, it, Michael says, okay. (laughs) All right, so. I'll, again, I'm going to use the bowl to start us, and in 15 minutes you'll hear the bowl to know that we're done. And when you're ready to move, if you want to, you can move elsewhere in the room. You don't have to stay in your chair. You can sit on the floor against the wall or something, so make yourself cool. Comments, experiences? It, it The what? The B.I. Ah. Okay. Could you be okay with that? Were you able to move into just accepting, okay, I guess it's just going to be busy up there now, (laughs) this time?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because sometimes I notice that when my mind won't stop and it'll just, it's just doing this, oh and there's this and there's that and oh you forgot this and you know, it's like all this stuff starts hitting the surface, right? And and then I'll just go, oh okay, so I have to be in acceptance. I can choose to be in acceptance that right now my mind's not going to be quiet and having acceptance about that. Yeah. So you noticed it and... Oh, yeah. Well, but you noticed it and then you were you resisting it or not resisting it? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One of the things, and it's interesting the way you phrased that, Michael, and thank you for that, because it, it, for me, for the longest time, the notion of letting go, letting go of, of a feeling, letting go of a thought, <clears throat> I think because of the culture that we're raised in, that my notion of that was that 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 was to take action there was something I needed to do I had to let go and what I have learned is that the letting go actually happens out of my sitting and acceptance of it so that when I get right with it in this instant in this moment and focus on having complete acceptance of whatever that is that right now I'm feeling resentful towards so and so for this okay and I know I've written about it and I know I've owned my part in it i you know I've done I've done the, the doing part right so there were lots of times where I didn't understand okay well then why why can't I let this go? Like it was an action I had to take. And and what I discovered is it's not an action. It's literally sitting with it and accepting it and moving into that observer mode and just seeing it without judgment, without labeling, just noticing that it's there. And it, let go, it lets go of me in that moment. So it's not letting go is not a doing. Yeah, yeah, it is, and I think that's a lot of times I'll hear people talk about, you know, I've struggled with this for so long, working on letting this go, and I've done, you know, all this writing, and I've done all this these processes that I've learned to let this go or let that go and I finally just gave up I quit I just you know like what I can't there's nothing I can't it's not going to let go of me I can't get rid of it so and it was in that moment that giving up that quitting all of that struggle that resistance where the real surrender came because now it's not a goal to be reached. I need to let this go, which is out there in the future, rather than coming into this moment and going. You know what? What I sat with was. Now I don't. I I don't know where y'all at with astrology, <laughs> but uh, I studied the science of astrology for a long time, and and I'm not an astrologist, and I won't do it for people because I really think that takes a gift, but. I've studied it enough to understand, understand it, and Mercury's been retrograde, and Mercury represents and symbolizes all the energies around communication and commitment, and um, and which includes all any equipment that has to do with communication, so cell phones, computers, from email to Facebook to. Um Telephones, regular telephones, television, radio, you name it, okay also, any machine and every machine has a moving part, so anything with moving parts in it can be affected, and when it goes retrograde, meaning it goes backwards, things have a tendency to get fouled up. My schedule goes absolutely sideways i 'll have people show up at the right day, the wrong time i 'll have people show up on the right day. Um, at the wrong time uh <laughs> people just totally spaced that they even had an appointment with me. I made an appointment with you, really? <laughs> and I'll send them the emails, <laughs> a copy of the emails, and go, yeah, you did. Um, and, and that actually is, is pretty typical. Well, the other thing that happens with Mercury retrograde is that we get to go back and revisit stuff that isn't finished and cleaned up. So I don't know if any of you have noticed that the last three weeks or so you've been dealing with maybe some past issues or some things that you thought were cleaned up or you thought were, God, I thought I already did a bunch of work on this. What the heck? You know, why am I? Why is this coming up again? Um, so one of the things I have dealt with in the last couple of days is because of this crazy schedule stuff that's been going on, my financial picture is really looking rather bleak. <laughs> and so I've had this anxiety and this fear come up around that, being able to make, you know, pay my just basic bills. And I've noticed, and, and I get really aware pretty quick anymore, but I'll notice when I'm in resistance of it, like I, I don't want to experience it because it feels horribly uncomfortable. And it's like I start to spin inside. In fact, I refer a lot of times to, to the whole experience as, you know, being spun out. And we've heard people use that phrase because that's literally, I think, what happens. We get the energy moving at, at such a crazy frequency up here in our minds that we alter our frequency. We alter our energy a great deal. And so we aren't calm and relaxed, and our energy isn't on a nice, smooth, consistent level. And we're certainly not grounded because we're not in our bodies. And so I'll notice it, and I'll notice that I've also jumped into making all kinds of effort, you know. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and and all these, you know, all these money-making ideas, you know, that, oh, I should have taken care of this, and I should have done that, and so I'll I'll catch myself doing that, and I'll think, and Karen, how well has that worked for you in the past? Not so much. (laughs) And all it's ever done is amped up and magnified the anxiety. So... Earlier today, I spent some time sitting with it. And then I chose to do it again tonight. um, To just embrace that rather than trying to find a way to let it go. Trying to take an action that makes it go. Because when I do that, that's what resistance is. And in that resistance, we create more of it it just comes back so that we get to deal with it on a, on a stronger level, a bigger level, or in some other form. One of the things that I was... that I've looked at with all this stuff, with the, the art of accepting how I feel, is just the acceptance, the non-resistance because I've worked with non-resistance and non-judgment and non-attachment for a long time now. And one of the struggles I had in the beginning with that stuff was, okay, so I looked at somebody like Mother Teresa and thought, well, she couldn't have been in non-resistance because she was, you know, out there fighting poverty and leprosy and all kinds of disease and dealing with children that had been deliberately maimed um, so that they'd get put out in the street to earn money, you know, play on, on people's pity. That was a common, it still is actually. I think there's something on mm. I think right, that's right. And if you've ever, if there's an awesome book that can really take you into some of the the real deep-seated, long-standing cultural issues that that have been going on in India for ages, and that is a book called *A Fine Balance*. And it takes us—it takes you through the 60s and 70s and early 80s of, of a lot of history that was going on at that time. But it, it's very also person-specific, so it's like fictional history. And so the characters aren't real, but it, there was, yeah, that was just a common, common thing to do that. And then you put those kids out on the street, either blinded or, you know, No arms or no feet, no legs, and so that it played on the pity of people's hearts. So, you know, I would look at Mother Teresa and go, how did she deal with that? How can you have compassion if you have no judgment? You're not resisting anything, so if you're not resisting, then what? That's all okay. That stuff's okay, that people maim their children and put them out on the street to earn money. and what i was what what got really clear for me was that it's not about it's not a question of contemplation non you know which those three things are to me which is being in the moment so it's not a question of contemplation versus action so if we're talking about letting go, for me that's a non-action thing because when I move into this moment, generally whatever I was trying to let go of, lets go of me. Okay? When I'm talking about stuff outside of me, like for example the whole dollar issue, Okay. It's not until I get into this moment and sit and work with acceptance of this is how I'm feeling right now. Can I if I don't mind feeling this anxiety and fear over finances what happens to it? And I sat with that today and experienced it slowly dissolving and as it was dissolving there were some other thoughts that would I don't think would have occurred to me otherwise, that came in, that were effortless, absolutely effortless. And then I got to experience sort of a momentary, I don't even know how to describe this because I called it a teaser and then I thought, no, okay, universe, I know you're not teasing me. Well, maybe you are, <laughs> but, but I went to my laptop to start just answering emails and I had gotten an email from Airbnb where I rent my uh, a guest room that I have out to people and it's an international site where you can rent a room out in your home to, to folks and it's less expensive than a hotel, has, you know, has more amenities, blah, blah, blah. And um, so I had this um, couple from Los Angeles that were wanting to rent for four nights. So it was like, oh my gosh, I let go, and here's some dollars come in, right? So I respond, yes, it's available, and and I'll pre-approve your reservation, blah, blah, blah. And then, two hours later, I get back, well, we found another room, thank you anyway. (laughs) So I was like, you know, come on, really? (laughs) But I was able to laugh at it, and it didn't give me any anxiety when she pulled out of it, because it was like I was able to recognize at that point that it's really about if I stay in this to me that's what having faith is you know some people refer to it as having blind faith what is blind faith it's staying in this moment and in this moment I can ask myself do I need more money right now in this moment No, my belly's full I have appropriate clothing on I'm sitting on a table. In this moment I have no need for any dollars. I have everything I need. And to me that's really what that whole thing around blind faith has become. So that when I accept and I sit in that feeling and as it's dissolving or dissipating or whatever whatever word you want to use to describe how it just slowly kind of evaporates or quickly It makes room for other things to come in. So, like I said, I don't think it's a question of contemplation versus action. The first leads to and empowers the second. The contemplation, the acceptance, the moving into right now leads to and empowers the action that we do take. So it's not like I'm just going to sit back and wait for the universe to come up with dollars. At the same time, it's not up to me to make stuff happen. And that I can accept. I can't accept that when I'm coming from a place of anxiety and fear. I feel like I'm all alone. I have to do it myself. If I don't do it, who will? You know, there's all that, you know, woe is me. stuff, you know, and to me that's resistance. Now I'm resisting and I'm judging it as bad and I have a whole lot of attachment as to what this is supposed to look like. And I know from just looking back at my life in the past when I lived by resistance, judgment, and attachment to everything, where it got me. And it certainly didn't get me really happy. I mean, I, I yes, I believe it can get us to a certain point, you know, by sheer willpower. For example, one of the things that I teach is healing touch, is energy medicine. I certify in energy certify people in energy medicine. And one of the things that I talk about in that class is, yes, you can do it. You can sort of pull up your own will and from your own psyche run energy from your hands into another person's body activating their energy and promoting healing and see definitive results what's going to happen though is that you are going to get tired very tired and you're going to get drained and it will only work to a certain degree so do you want to be the water or the hose. If you're the hose, you're just the conduit, and you open yourself up to universal energy and say, okay, I'm the hose, run through me for whatever it is this person needs in their best, highest, and best good. Then I'm never tired. And I end up getting healing energy through that as well. and, and it's a night and day difference and I can always tell with my students who are still doing it from themselves you know doing it from that place of ego they're always talking about how tired they are and that's that I yeah I would be too so to me it's no different than with the rest of this stuff when I get out of the way and allow myself to be in this moment and as a result of that that empowers whatever my action is it inspires what my actions supposed to be Not out of left brain i've had to sit and sort and figure out you know because i only know so much and i'm only going to come up with so many ideas and then i'm going to start Running those, I'm going to start what, retreading those ideas. <laughs> Doing them just a little different, right? And this time get different results. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, is I also know how well that doesn't work. <laughs> but when I get out of the way, I get inspirations. I get effortless, I mean just, it's like a stream comes through me and it's like I, you know, as much as the ego wants to jump up and take all kinds of credit, oh aren't I smart, I figured that out. You know, and it so wasn't the ego because it just came in so out of left field and had had nothing to do with anything. And not only is it inspired and empowered but I find myself rather than lose myself in the process and that's the difference I I always experienced losing myself and thinking that was a good thing in the process when I was making something happen when I was doing all this efforting and I, I just I, I don't I just don't believe that anymore, it's just, it just doesn't hold any truth for me. Because when I lost myself was when I was up in my head, out of touch with my body, I wasn't grounded. And I certainly, if if I'm up in my head and I'm not grounded, I'm not in this moment. and that's where i am most connect that's where i'm really only connected to my myself my true nature is when i'm in this moment so in practicing accepting how you feel one of the things you have you may have to acknowledge is that it's counterintuitive to everything that you feel and, and your instincts, because your instinct is, well, I don't want to stay fearful. I'm going to do anything to, to, other than to feel, I'd rather feel angry. You know, that's usually, in fact, usually that's what anger's about. Anger's usually always, it's a secondary emotion that's always about hurt or fear. And fear always boils down to two things always 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 fear of losing what I have or not getting what I want no matter what it is it doesn't have to be a thing you know a lot of times it is about our two-year-old not getting what she wants or what he wants or, (laughs) or somebody's taken something you know I think I talked last week about the idea of getting a car stolen right you hear about somebody else's car getting stolen and you're going oh bummer and you go out to get in your car and it's gone My car has been stolen (laughs) and it takes on a whole different energy. (laughs) So I think that if in the process of learning this art of acceptance of my feelings, one of the things that I needed to do was to acknowledge That a lot of those feelings are feelings I'm desperately trying to run away from. That my instinct for survival says, no, we don't want to go there. That it's counterintuitive. That everything in me is going, putting on the brakes and throwing up the wall and saying, no, 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 no. As I am choosing to move into it and be with it and sit in it and just accept it. and I think in that acknowledgement then we get to experience a sense of um... non-resistance because up until then there is resistance and there's judgment that's a bad feeling otherwise we wouldn't be resisting it it's not good it's bad it's wrong it's unhealthy it's whatever you know you want to put on it but we're judging it as a bad thing that we need to get away from that we need to do something to, to get rid of it and then that's where also a lot of our addictions and compulsive obsessive behaviors come in what's that like
1: kind of correlated parallel kind of like the 12 step program you're making amends to your people and it except then making amends so let it go the same way that you're kind of looking at as
0: Well, yeah there is. I think with amends there's a lot of layers to amends. I've worked with a lot of people that make amends and they're hoping that their amends repairs the relationship, that they get forgiveness. And right there, now we've got all three of them. We definitely have attachment to the outcome. You know, if I make amends and everything will be all better. <laughs> yeah. So, um, if if you're in a place where, in making those amends, you're truly accepting that this is what I did, it's not something I care to repeat. It's not a behavior that. Um, is coming from my light side that's coming from shadow and I don't want to repeat that that's not who I want to be in the world and when I make this amends I have no expectation that the other person one forgive me two I have no attachment to how they react or respond to it because they may want to cuss you out say, God damn right, you need to be making amends about this and this and this and this too, and you know, and so that's when I went back to my sponsor and said, do I have to make amends for shit I can't remember, because <laughs> I don't remember any of that, <laughs> and you know, and. You know, over some time, I sat with that and decided that, yeah, just because I couldn't remember it, and if that was their memory of it, you know, if I did remember doing that, would I be okay with it? Absolutely not. So what is the harm to me in going ahead and making amends for that? Being honest and saying, honest to God, I don't remember it. Yes. But I have no reason not to believe you.
1: accepting whatever it is the fault, feeling, or the anxiety, whatever or problem you with that. And kind of
0: Well. I'm thinking, kind of. You mean leading up to, before you get to the place of making but, the amends? You know,
1: the universal said, you know, like you talking about, accept a, a feeling. And, and,
0: and so the feeling of guilt or shame.
1: Yeah, and then so then if you, you make a, an, a form of amends, and then you can go ahead and sit with that, you accept it, and it more or less resolves and washes out
0: the Yeah, it would be the same because if you're sitting with it and ex- and having acceptance of it. Right, rather than doing what the mind and the ego want to do with things, which is to avoid that, it doesn't feel good, so let's avoid that. you know let's go to the refrigerator, let's pick up a drink, let's go gamble, let's you know work eighty hours a week let's you know any number of i mean we can take any behavior and if and once we're compulsive and obsessive about it, we've laid down a neuron track and we've created an addiction out of it. So, and I think when we do that, you know, then obviously we're in, in the resistance. So if it's something in our behavior that we've needed to make amends for, that's what you're talking about, right? Right, that if I've truly moved into acceptance that, yes, I did that, and yes, I need to clean this up, but I think what needs to be included is acceptance of how I felt as a result of coming to terms with that, which might be the guilt and the shame about that, and to sit with that guilt and shame rather than, oh, oh, this is another way to make the guilt and shame go away. I'll go make amends. You know, because then we're still trying—we're still trying to slap a bandaid on ourselves. There, there's not there's not a truth in it, and what we're going to discover is that it really doesn't go away. Then, you know, I mean, in essence, we're making amends for ourselves. Period. That's true, but to do it to avoid feeling what we're feeling about it isn't going to. Change that. I don't believe. I don't. I know it didn't work that way for me. Yeah. It was when I sat with those feelings. Yeah. So in that respect, yeah, that's a really good parallel. Yeah. You know, it seems
2: to me that that means is that um, the the amend uh, happens inside of yourself, myself first, so that. But what is it? What is it that this means? And it means that I'm a bad person. It means that I don't deserve love, or whatever I tell myself as a result of this action. That's the thing that I need to question. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and then that kind of clears it out just the way you we were talking about. It, um, so that in talking to somebody, you don't have you're not looking for it from them. It's something that you can come to through frankly
0: through inquiry. Well, yeah, you can do it through inquiry by, by questioning those thoughts. I'm a bad person and yeah. I don't deserve love. Yeah. And or the other route to that is to look at what is, I'm a bad person and I don't deserve love, that's guilt and shame. Yes. And so to sit with the, guilt, the energy of the guilt and shame. Oh, absolutely. And that's Eckhart Tolle's right. teaching, which right. is what I'm focused on right now. But Byron Katie, you could bet, absolutely, take that through right. inquiry. And again, it's then the experience of, I'm not letting go of the belief, the belief is letting go of me. Right. right. Exactly.
2: In this meditation it was interesting because I came into here. Um, a friend once, uh, all of the, you know, like the high school group to get together. Now we're all seventy at this point in time, and I haven't seen these people in thirty years, you know? mm. and uh, so. But it's a group that used to run around together in high school, and so I went through terrible um, feeling of uh, you know I, I can't go there because they're all. Skinny, and they are, and uh, they're all living on the East Coast, and they're a whole different lifestyle yeah. than I'm into. All the stuff that was separating, you know, and I thought, I'm just simply not going to go, and so I was thinking of all the excuses I could think of, you know, other than the truth. <laughs> I feel too heavy. I feel, uh, you know, uh, less than and all of those kind of things. So what well, was really magical it was meditation. Because that you know those, that thought, if it's really persistent, it's difficult for me to let go of without doing the work, you mm. know, and without questioning.
0: Well, the thought is, see, the and I the, the difference between the thought because yeah. the thought is what you take through inquiry. Yes. The feeling is what you sit with. Exactly. And it's so it's two if different you, things.
2: You sit, well. The the inquiry takes you into the
0: feeling. Well, it takes you into the feeling, but. If you can identify what the feeling is and sit with that, that's another way. In other words, there's more than one way to get there. Yeah. Anyway, it worked. Yeah. Awesome. That's wonderful. Going. So, are you going? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: you know, I mean, where I'm at is uh,
0: then
2: I did the thing. You know, well, how much did that get rid of my original feeling? You know, this strong feeling of the distance that I had and uh you know i came to about a four you know so they're okay. still there a bit and uh then i went back and did the turnaround um a few more times to get the to point of willingness to experience this uh-huh. and and so yeah i'm probably going to go okay <laughs> i will have this uh, i will have this internal dialogue more than once i think it flows back i think it, i really will have the opportunity
0: then then, what I would also invite you to do, yeah. Kathy because inquiry is you know what, how I feel about it it's an awesome process that's I great. teach it next Tuesday, that's what we're doing um, and I also love the notion that sometimes for me, what's really important is to take that feeling of Um, Unlovableness, or whatever it is and get totally present and then continually ask myself can I accept that I feel this way in this moment and not until I can absolutely go you know what, yeah, it's okay that I feel all this anxiety about my financial situation it's okay that I feel this and as it got more okay, what happens to the feeling is that it just starts to dissipate. It just, in fact what I think happens, and and Tole has referred to this, that what we do actually is transmute that energy into pure consciousness. So I think evaporation maybe isn't necessarily the accurate term. Because it has, it has caused me to be much more aware, way more aware, yeah. And, and I think with things that are heavier, you know, why not do both? Why not sit with and work with acceptance of the feeling right. and be in present moment, at the same time writing down what those thoughts are and taking them through inquiry, you know, and jumping right into the middle of those feelings and even sitting with just the feeling Long enough to see what happens. If I get out of my head and I'm not even answering questions now, but I'm just sitting with, can I accept that right now I am feeling all of this angst about whatever?
1: Well, the course talks about, you know, I mean, it's, I mean our lessons are saying we're not bodies. We're right. I'm I drink body now. And, and you don't believe that, but if, if you say it enough, you know, when you read what the course says about what the body's for. You know, gets communication. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I start. I'm starting to get a different attitude about. It. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What she's referring to is a course in miracles. In the Oh, yeah. Well, the ego... All thoughts, I really believe, are the voice of the ego. And the voice of the ego wants to keep us either in future or in past because there it can exist and it cannot exist in present moment. It just simply doesn't. So it's not, I have to get rid of the ego, I just have to get present and it's not there. The discipline becomes staying in present moment which in our culture and the way we've been raised is extremely difficult I have found one of the one of the tools I mean I use lots of different tools and lots of different things one of the things that tremendously helped me and some people I cannot believe the comments and the reactions I hear from people even to this day about this I went news and media free five years ago where I don't listen to, read, or, or watch any news or any commercials. I have certain television programs that yes, I enjoy. And if they are ones with commercials, then I DVR them and I fast forward through the commercials at, at a really high rate of speed. <laughs> because I'm just, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in the political ads. Political ads, I used to believe I had to know that. I had to be aware. I had to be informed. I'm not being informed at all. I'm being told what this side wants me to hear and I'm being told what this side wants me to hear. And it's bull. It's propaganda. I'm still not getting accurate information. At one point I went to NPR. I thought I would listen to just them. Well, they're real slanted in their direction of looking at things. So then I thought, well, I'll step outside of the United States and I listen to only BBC. (laughs) And those folks have their own slant on things too. (laughs) And that's when I finally went, you know what, Karen, do you really need any of this? Do you really need any of this? Anything I ever need to know about, I always get informed. The universe always makes sure it shows up in an email from a friend, a phone call, a text from somebody by the way so and so passed the funeral this next week blah 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 (gasps) awesome thanks for telling me you know and I tell you what without the commercials and without all that news and without all that stuff which was always futuristic or in the past you know this horrible things that have happened so now it's the fifth year anniversary for this and it's now the tenth year anniversary for this so let's just have a whole big day of putting ourselves through all of it again <laughs> and we're, we're nothing but victims that's all we are we're just big victims you know and I see I don't agree with any of that I don't believe any of that but when I hear it and it's in my face on a regular basis my ego can feed on that and it's harder for me to stay where I want to stay, where I'm centered where I can be the best service and the best use to myself and to those around me right here because that gets a lot of people paralyzed you know most people when they come in are telling me things like Well, not most, maybe half the folks that come in will say, you know, I I, I just feel like I'm spinning wheels. I'm just, uh, I basically am just going to work to pay for stuff I don't want. And and yet they're trapped. They don't know how to get out of the hamster wheel, you know. Well, when you're listening to that stuff or reading it in the newspaper and the magazines all the time, So one of the things that I have those folks do is I want to know all the news programs that you watch and listen to, radio and television, newspapers that you have subscriptions to or that you buy at the stand, magazines that you read, how often you read magazines and which ones. And I'm amazed, you know, People Magazine, well, it's just a great magazine. Really? Do you need to know anything that they write in there? Anything at all? How has that enriched your life? Tell me, how did it help you be of more service? What it does is it feeds the ego's curiosity. It allows us to be voyeurs, you know? And it keeps us way out here, not here. So just a thought. (laughs) Not judging, just saying. (laughs) It's almost
1: almost like a trauma state, too. I think. um, Yes. You are right. I consciously made a decision to not have a TV about eight months ago, and. my friends and family have more anxiety about it than I do. <laughs> when are you going to get a TV? When are you going to get a TV? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to. I have Netflix. Netflix is amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 10 bucks. I can
1: watch any drama. There's documentaries. There's everything.
0: Everything, there's yeah. Everything.
1: So, but I, I find that... My whole apartment is calmer. There's a there's a different state there. There's a different feeling. And my cats even different. I really believe that. Yeah. There's just not that constant noise and you know because I would
0: have it on the minute I came home. Mm. Okay. Noise. For background noise. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people so do I, that. I really don't miss it. Yeah. So my Eckhart...
1: Friends and family are very
0: concerned. <laughs> so, you know. Tole totally talks about how it how important it is that he said there's nothing wrong with television if you learn how to actually use it as a tool for yourself and for one thing you know turn on a program watch it turn it off but he said that isn't what obviously most people are doing not only that but he says also don't go to sleep right after you turn off the set because that stuff is still bouncing around in the brain, and you're taking that into the dream time with you. And he said, worse yet, is to go to sleep with the television on, which a lot of people do. And he said, if you, and if you don't have a DVR to pop, uh, or to um, hit mute, because he said, and I believe this, and I've heard, I'd, I'd heard this from. Um, a friend of mine that worked with kids, she was a pediatric nurse. She wasn't a pediatrician. She was a pediatric nurse. And she was saying that one of the things they saw a consistency with with the whole hyperactive attention deficit disorder thing and that, you know ADHD and um, ADD was these kids are watching television well if you look at kids shows they set them up because kids have very little attention spans right so it's every fifteen to thirty seconds it's changing look at commercials so that's what we're getting as adults (laughs) and then we wonder why you know we pull into the drive thru at the bank, which is supposed to be quick, and the guy in front of us is taking ten minutes. Yeah. And we're about ready to go through the roof. Yeah.
1: It's very comical, people get at work people get so upset with the microwaves and I just think, man, it's like so fast and we don't even realize it, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, you see now, we, what you did with the TV and experience with your family, my microwave blew up and I just decided, you know, I have a gas stove. It, it's quick. Right. You know, so I haven't replaced it and it's been over a year. and. My sister still cannot believe that I function without a microwave. I said, Honey, I functioned with one quite a while before they came out. (laughs) And that was with an electric burner that I had to wait for it to heat up. You know, now I've got gas, it's like instantly on, right? (laughs) But yeah, well that's what's happened to us is that we've just everything's gotta be right now.
1: I, don't know about you guys, but is it, I have less time to do things it now, because it's more. Uh, Supposedly
0: more convenient. Uh, yeah. And now
1: we have
0: less time. Mm-hmm. More anxiety, more depression, more people with so called mental illness. Okay. And I've been, and yeah, more psychotropic drugs, which I've actually done a lot of research on, and I'm now taking the horrible stand. Um, I've been getting some flack for this because I went ahead and posted some stuff on Facebook that I don't believe in mental illness anymore. I just don't. And the stuff that I posted on Facebook were movies or short little videos that were taken at the American Psychiatric Association convention in 2006. And as psychiatrists were taking a break at lunch and walking out they were being asked are there any definitive tests? in other words for things that are supposedly a chemical imbalance in the brain there should be a test for that right and what every single one of them said is no there is no test there is no blood draw that can be done there is no biopsy that can be done we are assuming it's a chemical imbalance And it really is up to each psychiatrist to diagnose what they think the problem is. So this psychiatrist will diagnose depression. This one over here will diagnose bipolar. This one over here will diagnose borderline personality. It just depends on the shrink. And it's all done for insurance purposes. And it really supports the pharmaceutical companies more than anything else.
1: Well, the reason that DSM was created was for insurance companies.
0: Absolutely. Yep.
1: DSM? Yes, yeah. It's a Diast- you out of. It.
0: Well, diagnostic and statistical manual.
1: The, all the different mental health and drug health.
0: Mm-hmm. All of it. So, you know, we've create. you know, our, our culture has created all of that. So if you, and and to me, even with those situations, if those, you know, I've I've suffered severe emotional stuff. I've been diagnosed several things throughout my lifetime. (laughs) And bottom line is, when I began to learn to sit with and accept, can I accept this is how I feel in this moment? And quit fighting it trying to make it different and being angry about it or upset about it or sad about it. Byron Katie talks about that sadness, all sadness, is a temper tantrum. Not getting what I want, losing what I have. In other words, not accepting reality. So, and then also learning inquiry by her, you know, her process, is another way to question the thoughts that create the emotions so that what eventually can happen is that I've worked with people that were bipolar that had been considered um classical unipolar clinically depressed there because of chemical imbalances in the brain and that they would be that way for life and that they needed to be on drugs for life otherwise they'd be in these horrible depressions wouldn't be able to get out of bed wouldn't be able to take care of themselves would attempt suicide were a danger to themselves and they learned to sit with their feelings They did inquiry and learned how to do that, and today, amazingly enough, they're not on any drugs. They've consistently been pretty happy and content with their lives. You know, Bruce Lipton and his research shows that the brain, and and he's only one of them because there's another one out there, and I can never remember his name. And he's brilliant. And his, the name of his book is "The Brain That Can," the brain that changes itself. And but Bruce Lipton's work is is right along parallel with his, and it's about the plasticity of the brain, and that in fact, yes, we regrow brain cells. And those neuron tracks that we lay down in our brain, that get to experience all these wonderful combinations of neurotransmitters. Well, when we take the drugs out. And we consistently try to do things like sit in acceptance of how I feel. that Right now, can I accept this is how I feel in this moment? And not put it through the filter of my thinking. Just, this is my emotion, this is what I'm feeling. Stay out of the thinking. And if I can't stay out of the thinking, then use inquiry and take the thoughts through the inquiry then eventually what happens is that we literally reroute those neuron tracks. We completely remap our brain. We have the power to do that. They've also through that process discovered that we're the ones that have the power. For example, you know of people that say they had cancer in their history, their family history lots of different cancers maybe lung cancer, pancreatic cancer, stomach cancer and here this person is smoking on a daily basis and not alcoholic but has to have their little bit of alcohol every day and eats a high fat diet and and you're thinking with your history seriously really (sighs) and yet that person lives till they're 90 years old and dies peacefully in their sleep and you're going what's wrong with this picture because i hear all this stuff in the news right which oh by the way do you notice how that changes too the longest time coffee coffee and caffeine were bad for us and now there's now they're saying i think the latest was one to two cups a day is good for the heart um high-fat diets are bad for you and then there's the Atkins diet that promotes nothing but high fat (laughs) meat, right? No vegetables, no complex carbohydrates, no fiber meat, 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 you know, be massive carnivore okay what they have found out, Lipton's group, was that there is a switch in us That we can turn on the gene, we can turn it off. And that that's where the so-called spontaneous remissions are coming from. That it's how we perceive our environment, whether we turn on those genetic switches or not so that person that comes from that family with that horrible health history and is practicing all those horrible health habits and lives to the ripe old age of 90 and dies peacefully in his sleep (laughs) his perception of his environment was really positive healthy he just never believed he was gonna get it he didn't buy into the tribal thought that oh it's genetic its family history they got it I'm gonna get it they've also done studies where kids that were adopted into families and they did buy into the belief the family has this disease then I get the disease and they got the disease and they weren't even genetically the same people so I have watched, and I have looked at the histories of people that were bipolar, that were schizophrenic, that were um, depressed, had panic disorders and anxiety disorders, and they lived what they learned it was either in response to their environment that they grew up in and how they perceived that environment, or it was they were just replicating the behavior they learned and watched in one, one or both parents. Because that's what we do. We live what we learn. Any of you ever said anything to your kids and went, oh, Jesus, that sounded like my dad or my mother. <laughs> that's why, because it's in there until we get aware of it and we make a determined and conscious effort to do something different. So, So, practice moving into and sitting with the feeling and just repetitively asking yourself, can I accept that I feel resentful right now? Can I accept that I feel sad, that I feel unhappy, that I feel whatever? And if the ego's throwing up lots of thoughts around, well, yeah, you are because blah, 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 then write those thoughts down and come next week to Byron Katie and I'll walk you through that process and you can begin to learn how to take those thoughts through inquiry and have another tool to then get that turned around and then if the feeling is still there, which would be there a lot less, like maybe once you get it down to a four, instead of continuing to take it through inquiry, that's when you can go and sit and accept, work on can I accept that that's how I feel in this moment and just to experience what might happen to it if you do that.
2: Yeah, the thought and feeling are very closely aligned.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because the thing
2: that's feeding it keeping it there is a thought.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. But you don't always have to take the thought through inquiry to stop the process. A lot of times, if you sit with that feeling and accept it and embrace it, what happens is it dispels. But it depends on the thought that's feeding it. So. And that's why it's important, I think, to have that as another tool and why I teach that. Because I use both. They're absolutely invaluable. So, okay. um, Announcements. Next Tuesday, um, what Kathy and I have been talking about, Byron Katie's... Um, work called The Work or also known as Inquiry, which is learning how to take a thought through a process of questions and turnarounds that if done from right brain, done in a meditative state literally, you you don't, again, it's not an action that you have to do to get rid of or let go of something it will let go of you. It literally just won't fit anymore and it will shift everything so it's another way to do what tonight I've been teaching from Eckhart Tolle which is sitting with and accepting the feeling um so that's next Tuesday night there's flyers over there about Byron Katie night because I do that on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month um I have my menu of classes over there for folks that would like to gather together a group of friends and pick your own date and have me either come to your place or we can do it at my place uh, but people requested that that I provide that locally, and not just for other places, um, and so that's available. And in fact, I've got two people that are wanting to get a couple of more folks to join them for the healing touch class. So, if you're interested in getting certified in healing touch and energy medicine, um, give that a consider. And if you have any questions, call me. Um, also last week I talked about um, that last Sunday we were going out to my friend Julie's who happened to be here and um, we went out and we had an absolute blast. We had so much fun and I mean we cleaned, we had a great time, we did ceremony, we had a potluck and then we all went down to Cedar Creek and went swimming because her property's on Cedar Creek and, and we're going to do it again this Sunday. So, and she's going, huh? It's going to be cooler, and she also is going to be spending the night out there Saturday night. So, she said if anybody wants to show up from 8 a.m. on rather than in the afternoon. So, even if it decides to get warm that day, morning is a lot cooler usually. Plus, it is cooler up there where she's at than it is down here. Um, Woodland? yeah and there's flyers over there with her address and her phone number so if you're interested in doing that on Sunday um, I'm gonna be out there again it's just it's just a good we just had a great time so and then also just a reminder that I am available for one-on-ones whether it's for physical healing stuff promoting healing in your body for various whatever you might be dealing with um, As well as just teaching and mentoring and facilitating a lot of people don't like they have certain issues that maybe they don't want to facilitate on a group level that they want to do on an individual level and I'm available for that so okay Um, and then our closing thought I wanted to read this out of Tolle's book, Practicing the Power of Now. By focusing on this instant and refraining from labeling it mentally, illness is reduced to one or several of these factors. Physical pain, weakness, discomfort, or disability. That is what you surrender to now. You do not surrender to the idea of illness allow the suffering to force you into the present moment into a state of intense conscious presence use it for enlightenment so I just wanted to close with that thought because everything we talked about last week and tonight can be applied to all that physical stuff and some of you have been here when we've done meditations where I had you focus on aches or pains or illnesses that you were dealing with there were some pretty amazing experiences that folks had as a result of that. And, um, and then the only other thing I wanted to read was, this is a quote from Eckhart as well, Accept, then act. Whatever the present moment contains, accept it as if you had chosen it. Always work with it, not against it. This will miraculously transform your whole life. So just by acting as if I, I created this, I chose this to be here, to teach me, and I accept it, and then from there move into inspired, empowered action is a whole lot different than that desperate attempt that we, we make that we call, I'm taking action, I'm busy doing things, you know. <laughs> yeah. And what we're doing is really being crazy. At least I was. Okay, so, close with um, the original Lord's Prayer. O cosmic birther of all radiance and vibration, soften the ground of our being and carve out a space within us where your presence can abide. Fill us with your creativity so that we may be empowered to bear the fruit of your mission. Let each of our actions bear fruit in accordance with our desire. Endow us with the wisdom to produce and share what each being needs to grow and flourish. Untie the tangled threads of destiny that bind us as we release others from the entanglements of past mistakes. Do not let us be seduced by that which would divert us from our true purpose, but illuminate the opportunities of the present moment. For you are the ground and the fruitful vision, The birth power and fulfillment, as all is gathered and made whole again. Oh! And thank you all very much. I get to teach what I most need to learn.
1: (laughs) Can I read that thing again?